0: Well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and we're going to be talking about that very thing today. Not just the right to keep and bear arms, but the actual text of the Second Amendment. Because uh, once again, anti-gunners are uh, making the argument that the Second Amendment is antiquated, out of date, it just needs to uh, go away. And you know, it never really... Meant to protect an individual right to keep and bear arms in the first place. Yeah, we're going to debunk that uh, argument here on today's Cam & Company. But before we do, here's something we have to think about. What's happening with the banks? It's literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold buying is on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect their retirement savings. And get this, if you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let big failures get you down. Get this free gold. And get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855 222 Four nine nine seven. So now let's talk about uh, that phrase that we use to kick off every cam and company, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Kirk Sweringen at uh, Salon, who is a uh, poet and an independent journalist, uh, has a, a new piece out today. The Second Amendment is a ludicrous historical antique, and it's time for it to go. Which, by the way, is not the uh, first time that somebody has made this argument. And oddly enough, no matter how many times I hear people say, you know, the Second Amendment should just be repealed, the Second Amendment should go away. Have we ever seen even an unserious effort to repeal the Second Amendment? I mean, much less a serious effort. I can't remember. I've been covering the Second Amendment for darn near 20 years now. And I have heard on countless occasions, people say, well, the Second Amendment just, uh, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It doesn't protect an individual right to keep and bear arms. I've heard people say, well, you know, maybe it does, but uh, it's out of date and it needs to go away. And yet, here we are. And uh, what, 100 million plus gun owners, 400 million plus privately owned farms in this country, um, more than half the country constitutional carry. Yeah, the Second Amendment's is not going away anytime soon. But let's delve into Swearinger's argument. He says, uh, those of us who are not gun fetishists are supposed to keep our powder dry on the subject. But it must be said, the Second Amendment is as antique as a muzzle-loaded long gun and should be treated as a historical artifact. We've said it before, he writes, but it's always worth repeating for the millions of younger people coming to voting age each year who may not have considered it before. It doesn't take a grammarian or a constitutional scholar to tell you that the opening clause of the Second Amendment is obviously conditional. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, meaning, according to Kirk Swearingen, so long as a militia of citizens is necessary, and a well-regulated one at that, then what follows is true, but only, he says, if that first part pertains. Well, no. Actually, that's not true at all. And the Supreme Court has already dealt with this more than a decade ago. In the Heller decision, one of the first things that the court considered is whether or not that phrase, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, whether that first part of the Second Amendment conditions the right of the people Solely to service in a militia. And here's what Justice Antonin Scalia, a portion of what Justice Antonin Scalia had to say in the Heller decision. He noted logic demands that there be a link between the stated purpose and the command. The Second Amendment would be nonsensical if it read, a well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to petition for redress of grievances shall not be infringed. That requirement of logical connection may cause a preferatory clause to resolve an ambiguity in the operative clause, and provided as an example, the separation of church and state being an important objective, the teachings of canon shall have no place in our jurisprudence. Scalia went on to say, the preface makes clear that the operative clause refers not to canons of interpretation, but to clergymen. But apart from that clarifying function, a prefatory clause does not limit or expand the scope of the operative clause. The interpretation and construction of statutory. Oh, uh, therefore, while we will begin our textual analysis with the operative clause, we will return to the prefatory clause to ensure that our reading of the operative clause is consistent with the announced purpose. Uh, I'll, I'll quote a little bit more here in just a second. But again, what Scalia is saying here is that this prefatory clause does have a relation to the Second Amendment. One of the arguments, then, Scalia talks about this in Heller. One of the main arguments for the Second Amendment's ratification was the concern of an overarching federal government infringing on the rights of individuals, acting in a tyrannical way. And so, yes, there was an importance of the militia, which, by the way, defined as the body of the people, uh, at least those males age uh, 17 to 64 at the time, would have the means to respond. Uh, in case the nascent federal government decided to act like King George. However, as Justice Scalia went on to say in Heller, the preferatory Clause does not suggest that preserving the militia was the only reason Americans valued the ancient right. Most undoubtedly thought it even more important for self-defense and hunting. But the threat that the new federal government would destroy these citizens' militia by taking away their arms was the reason that right Unlike some other English rights, was codified in a written constitution. And then Scalia pointed to uh, Justice Breyer's dissent in Heller, uh, saying that Justice Breyer's assertion that individual self-defense is merely a subsidiary interest of the right to keep and bear arms is profoundly mistaken. He bases that assertion solely upon the prologue, but that can only show that self-defense had little to do with the right's codification. It was the central component of the right itself. So yes, one of the arguments for ratifying the Second Amendment back in 1791 was, again, fear that the nascent federal government would destroy the state's militias. But the right to keep and bear arms, as Scalia said, nobody was talking about taking guns away from self-defense or for for the purposes of self-defense. The modern gun control debate did not exist in 1791. So the concerns of the average Americans weren't that, you know what, they're going to register my guns and then they're going to go door to door and take them. That wasn't their concern. It may be a concern of us today, but their concern, the reason for the Second Amendment's codification was again, as Justice Scalia pointed out, the fear that the federal government would destroy the militia system. Now, if the if listen, if the British had gone door to door, confiscating firearms over the course of the American Revolution. Well, maybe that would have changed the debate, right? Maybe you would have heard more talk about uh, the fundamental importance of self-defense. But again, uh, the founding fathers were going on their own history. And there wasn't at that point a threat to the individual right of self-defense as much as there was that threat of the destruction or the confiscation of arms that could be used to defend against a tyrannical government. But even though that was the primary concern, as Scalia says, that doesn't change the central component of the right to keep and bear arms. Now Swearingen says uh he he doesn't acknowledge any of this. He can't acknowledge any of this. Gun control advocates can't acknowledge what the Supreme Court actually said in Heller or McDonald or Bruin, other than to uh, say, well, look, I think I've had a loophole here that allows us to ban assault weapons. Or uh, allows us to have, you know, $1,000 concealed carry fees, things of that nature. Oh, then they'll, then they'll quote the dicta. But um, the actual fundamental uh, opinion that protects the right to keep air, nah, that they disregard. So, Swearingen says if you want to help protect the interests of your state and your nation, assist citizens during emergencies, understand tactical maneuvers, and carry a gun and learn how to operate it, you can sign up here or here. Join the Coast Guard. Or you can become a police officer. It turns out we need better ones, he writes. Your service will be deeply appreciated, if only by lip service from the right-wingers who drone on and on about how much they love the military and cops. So the need, he writes, for a well-regulated militia crucial to the history of the country is no longer in play. We need to rewrite the amendment, dispensing with the oddball capitalization and, punctu- and punctuation to fit the times. And this is his modern Second Amendment. The right of the people to serve in the armed forces or the National Guard or to serve as law enforcement officers duly qualified shall not be infringed. Now, again, why would we need that? Why would we need that? Who's trying to infringe on someone's right to join the military? Who's trying to infringe on the ability to become a police officer? Nobody. But let's go a little bit further here. Because while Swearingen says that the Second Amendment is outdated because we no longer have a militia, the Supreme Court, again, has already dispensed with that argument. It is also true... That uh, even if you want to look at the Second Amendment through the liberal living Constitution lens, right, that, well, the Constitution changes and is malleable with the time, and it means uh, not what the founders necessarily meant it to mean, but but how would we interpret uh, these provisions in uh, modern 21st century America? Even if you want to take that stance, I would say that the right to keep and bear arms is real, it is fundamental, and it is of fundamental importance to Americans today. Um, you have headlines like this. As gun ownership spikes among Asian Americans, Houston instructor makes it his mission to educate. Interesting story about the uh, uh, a Mandarin-speaking firearms instructor in Houston who is drawing uh, Chinese-speaking patrons from as far away as Lubbock and El Paso. Uh, yeah. Do, do you think the Second Amendment means something to those individuals who are showing up? or the millions of Americans who became gun owners for the first time since 2020. The growing number of women, the growing number of uh, Asians, Hispanics, blacks, who are, again, exercising their right to keep and bear arms. This is not an anachronism to them. This is not a, a, an antique uh, or some sort of leftover from history. The Second Amendment is real. It is vital to their personal safety. And again, we have millions of Americans who are exercising this right for the very first time each and every year precisely because the Second Amendment still matters. Even if you want to say, well, I mean, it's just words on a piece of paper and it's faded. No. That may be what the text of the Second Amendment looks like if you go to the National Archives and you look at the Bill of Rights, something I'd encourage everybody to do if you're ever in the Washington, D.C. area. But that fragile piece of parchment, that faded ink On the paper is not the only representation of the right to keep and bear arms. If you go to your local gun range, you go to your gun store this afternoon, you will see what exercising our Second Amendment rights looks like. And again, it's not an anachronism. It's happening every day. More people embracing their right to keep and bear arms, because even under a living Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms has become more important over the decades. Just look at the right-to-carry revolution, right, where uh, 1987 uh, or 86, Florida becomes uh, shall-issue concealed carry. Uh, Over the ensuing decades, the vast majority of states adopt shall-issue laws. The Supreme Court ultimately rules in Bruin that these may-issue laws that were largely in place before uh, uh, the shall-issue a revolution in the 1980s, are unconstitutional. Now you've got more than half of the country that is permitless carry. You know, no government-issued permission slip is required in order for you to exercise your Second Amendment rights. We have continually reaffirmed our support for the right to keep and bear arms, not just through legislative votes, not just through enshrining similar language in state constitutions, Throughout the uh, the entirety of U.S. history, and again, the vast majority of states, also protect the right to keep their arms in their own state constitutions. But again, by exercising this right, we demonstrate that it is real, that it is valid, that it is not an anachronism. But if Kirk Swearengin wants to change that, by all means, buddy, go for it. Start your repeal of the Second Amendment campaign. You've got the text of what you want to replace the original language with. So what's stopping you? Oh, other than the fact that you'd faceplant almost immediately, because there's no way that you're going to get either uh, three-quarters of the states uh, or the necessary two-thirds vote in Congress to actually repeal the Second Amendment and replace it with language of your liking. At the end of the day, Kirk Swearingen's exercising his First Amendment right to bloviate into the wind, changing nothing about our right to keep and bear arms and its fundamental importance, not just in 1791, not just in 1891 or 1991, but in 2023 as well. Now let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a uh, story out of Western Massachusetts, where there was a, a catalytic converter theft ring that was busted. Uh, they're actually facing federal charges here. Seven individuals uh, arrested. And uh, as it turns out, all of them, all of them have previous run-ins with the law. Uh, this is from WGGB in uh, Western Massachusetts. And they highlighted... In the criminal histories of these uh, seven individuals. They say a ring ma- leader, uh, Rafael Davila, charged with larceny two years ago in connection with a stolen trailer, as well as fleeing from police in Connecticut. Also convicted in 2015 of burglary and illegal entry in Albany, New York, and in 2009 convicted in Springfield, Massachusetts, on two counts of stealing motor vehicles. In 2010, or, excuse me, in 2010, Alex Oyola. Convicted in relation to a series of jewelry store robberies in Connecticut. 2014, Santo Faberti Convicted in connection with a string of jewelry store burglaries in Connecticut. Apparently, uh, I don't know if that was a different string of burglaries in Connecticut. But uh, apparently, uh, he and his compatriot must have uh, shared some stories. Carlos Fonseca. Convicted in 2014 with assault and battery. With a tire iron in uh, Hamden Superior Court. Served one year in prison. Zachary Marshall found guilty in 2018 of burglary in Connecticut. He's believed to still be on probation. Nicholas Davila, criminal history in Springfield District Court, one case charged with assault and battery on a police officer and resisting arrest. 2019, he was placed on probation, and that case was dismissed. It was a Torres currently on pretrial release for two cases in Connecticut where he faces charges of burglary, as well as stealing a firearm. So again, all of these individuals with uh, previous criminal records. Uh, one attorney that uh, WGGB talked to, uh, Jeremy Powers, said, uh, quote, Each individual, you have to look at their criminal record as to what they were convicted of previously. So there's no disputing that Massachusetts judiciary has become increasingly liberal. And as a result of that, people are giving second, third, fourth, fifth chances and are frequently released on probation, at least until their uh, pretrial conditions uh, are released. Um, Yeah. Is this is happening on a regular basis. We typically tend to highlight violent criminals that get second, third, fourth, fifth chances. But uh, this, I think, is interesting because catalytic converter thefts are, are way up. Um, and it can be a nightmare. Uh, they're becoming increasingly expensive to replace, obviously, because of the uh, growing number of theft and the uh, cost of materials that, are, that make them so attractive to thieves. This can be a huge financial burden on anyone who is the victim of something like this. It is not uh, perhaps as serious as an armed robbery or a carjacking or a home invasion, uh, but it can still be life-changing if you're living paycheck to paycheck and all of a sudden you got this unexpected expense. Thanks to... Uh, I can't use the word I want to use. Thanks to uh, guys like the uh, individuals we just highlighted above. You know, this has a real impact. And unfortunately a bigger impact than what uh, a lot of these guys have actually dealt with in court when they've been convicted of previous crimes. Today's Armed Citizens story from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Don't have a ton of information about this one, but uh, police say that a person was shot during an attempted robbery over the weekend. Uh, officers called uh, about 9 o'clock Saturday night to the 100 block of West 41st Street. They found a person uh, deceased from apparent gunshot wounds. The man who reported the shooting told police that he responded in self-defense as the uh, shooting victim was robbing him. The investigation uh, does continue, but at this point, again, police believe that this is a uh, justified homicide. We'll keep our eyes on any uh, more details that might come out of Chattanooga. And finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, an Oklahoman who was able to uh, come to the aid of a woman in a uh, fiery car crash that left her dangling upside down from her seatbelt. Uh, this woman... Thankfully, survived, thanks to the actions of this good Samaritan. And now she was actually able to reunite with the man who pulled her out of the, uh, the car after going public with her story on local TV. This was uh, courtesy of Channel 6 News in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Grace Kiefer was in a wreck on the Broken Arrow Expressway. Uh, the car basically ran into hers. Um, they swerved, they overcorrected, and then she ended up flipping twice before ending upside down, she said it was dark, it was smoky, it was dusty, and loud. My airbags had gone off, and so I couldn't see anything out my window. But she said all of a sudden she heard someone yelling, asking if she was okay. He said his name was John, and he pulled her out of the car and took her to a group of people who were waiting for help to arrive. She said, "I know that he didn't save my life. Other than being injured, I was fine. <laughs> Other than being injured, I was all right. But it felt like my life was being saved." She had a concussion, sprained ankle, bruised ribs, bruised tailbone. She said once the ambulance got there, John left. She wanted to find him. She said she really wanted to tell him the impact that he had. She says, I need him to know how important that was to me. I really thought I was alone. And hearing somebody say, are you okay? And making me realize I wasn't alone in the most frightening moment of my life was incredible. She said what John did was a reminder to her that there is good in the world. And she wanted to say thank you. So she reached out to News on 6 in Tulsa. They did a story. And a friend of John's saw it. And he passed along uh, Grace's information. John was able to reach out to Grace Kiefer, get in touch. And uh, she was able to say thank you to the man who was there, the stranger who showed up when he was needed, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. So John, whoever you are, We thank you for your very good deed, and I'm glad that Grace was able to thank you in person. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always, and I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. Always stuff to talk about these days. Some good, a lot bad, but uh, we've got you covered at Bearing Arms. Uh, In fact, I would encourage you to check out the website throughout the day where we're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information, uh, including... uh, An upcoming hearing for a permit to purchase bill in uh, Delaware. Yeah, we've got uh, that story and more. If you like what you see, I always encourage you to become a VIP member as well. Just go to BarronArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code gunrights and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Uh, Unlike NPR, our uh, viewer and listener Jeffrey let me know about their one-sided coverage. We'll let you know what both sides have to say. Pro Second Amendment, anti-gun, we got you covered both sides. And we'll see you tomorrow with more Second Amendment news and information. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.